Hello and welcome to episode 195 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fan's weekly off-topic podcast. I'm Mike Solosi, and today we're going to get a little negative and just let the hate out in this episode. We, we, are, we, we talk too positively, we have too much fun on Retro Encounter, so we're going to change all that for special episode 195. And joining me today is Peter Treisenberg. Hi everybody, Peter. I am High Drama at the Taco Bell Treisenberg. <laughs> and Zach Wilkerson. <laughs> hey there. And Greg Delmich. Hi, my name is Greg. I like old video games, except when I don't. Exactly, Greg. Um, now... Greg, you just summed up the internet. <laughs> <laughs> that's a true story. You summed up at least my presence on the internet, that's for damn sure. But anyway, uh, today's episode is called Worst in Show. We decided that we are always talking about what we like about RPGs, what our, our favorite RPGs, and we're going to take the opposite tack this time. We're going to go over a handful of big RPG series that we know a lot about and try to identify the worst game in each of those series. And this will sort of turn into a discussion of maybe what we dislike about these RPGs, uh, discuss the bottom of the barrel for a couple big franchises. And uh, so we each have a little personal list that we um, have this shared on this Google Doc. I think we'll just go down the line one by one and try to figure out what is the worst of each of these. So uh, I don't think there's really much else to introduce. Uh, who wants to start? Peter, I choose you. Um, what's the first series we're going to discuss? <laughs> Okay, I guess we might as well check Final Fantasy off the list. Okay. Yeah, it seems like yeah. the good place to start. Yeah, uh, <laughs> RPG franchise, probably. It's probably yeah, it's, it's argue, arguably the biggest JRPG franchise, and one that I am 100% certain all of us have played several games out of. So that's a good place I need to start. P- Peter, uh, what do you think is the worst Final Fantasy game? Uh, two. <laughs> yeah, alright. So, next yep. game. I'm there with you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Final Fantasy 2 is one of those games where it's like, this is a very important step in the series' evolution. It brought about a bunch of franchise stables like Sid and Chocobos. It tried to experiment within the RPG genre um, uh, at a a very early stage in the series' history, which is commendable. It's also an unplayable unplayable piece of garbage. (laughs) And I I don't know why anyone thinks it's fun. Well, um... I, the thing that I think of with FF2 is I almost think of it as Saga Zero. It's the first. Yeah. Kawa, it's the first it, it Kawazu Saga game. Zero. It's it's the first Akitoshi Kawazu game. I I don't know if he worked on a game before then. I think he, I think he did stuff on Final Fantasy One, but this was sort of the game that he was in charge of, and it has a lot of. Uh, hallmarks of the Saga series, like characters whose uh, stats go up individually from certain actions, and a uh, a certain degree of non-linearity, non-linear exploration. That's uh, that that is, you know, that Final Fantasy did less of going forward. Some Saga games are already feel like they're uh, not ready for a system like that, and Final Fantasy II was yeah. super not ready for a system like that. Uh, even by like Saga Frontier, it was still. He was still working out the kinks. So, yeah, it, it doesn't work at all in Final Fantasy 2. Yeah, I mean... Uh, it was a little rough, for sure. Like, I've only played a bit of it, and I bounced right off it with, like, the whole the password yeah. system, the way... Like, I loved the aspect of what he's trying to go through with building the skills through, you know, practical use. But it was, yeah, functionally just not ready and kind of broken. I mean, depending on your feelings on Kawazu games... Are any of his games really ready for his systems? That's... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've... 
ever enjoyed one of his super well other than Final Fantasy Legend 2 for the Game Boy, which yeah. is, which is have, technically which is technically Saga 2. Uh, I have Romancing Saga 2 on the Switch. I haven't touched it yet. I'm kind of afraid to. But um the the, the three Romancing Saga games that I think were SNES um are are well regarded and and are at least more popular than Final Fantasy than Final Fantasy 2 is. And uh, and uh, the Saga Frontier games on the on the PS1 were also popular, but uh Final Fantasy II was just a really early incarnation of those ideas that did not work. I, I, it's and, and the story for FF2 isn't even bad. Isn't bad. It's probably better than Final Fantasy One's story, but oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, no. It, it, two two introduces a lot of stuff that later games would would jump off of. It's got a lot of good ideas and a lot of stuff that's staple of the series. You got your evil empires and right. rebel forces and airships and, and Fred, very like medieval Star Wars. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and no. best friends that betray you and then come back later. It's a uh, it, it it has cool story ideas and um, maybe a really really fancy remake of two better than the GBA one could do something, but yeah. it, it's not there. Especially I I, I tried playing the uh, a, a a bootleg version of the NES ver- a translated version of the NES ROM of this game a long time ago, and uh. it 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 was significantly rougher than the PS one and GBA ports. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, P- the PSP and mobile ports, like I mean, all the recent ports have definitely made strides to like improve the game. The problem is, is like again, I feel like the the systems I play, like without radically changing things, is still kind of broken. Right. So we're basically in agreement here. Do we uh, think there's any other contender for worst Final Fantasy game, or like what do we think the second worst Final Fantasy game is? I mean, um, I'd throw out thirteen, and <laughs> it's pretty divisive in a lot of ways. I know. I don't. I don't hate thirteen. <laughs> I, I. I know this. you like it, Peter. Admit it. Okay, I don't. Okay, it's a weird one. You know what? I, I, I like. I liked thirteen and its sequels, all for different reasons. In that, I think thirteen. I, I wrote. I wrote. An, I, I wrote an article for the site years ago, going into 13's development and how it was basically. Yeah, that, from pieces in about like six months. That was in our Final Fantasy anniversary series in December 2017. Yeah, and like they had all these great story ideas they wanted to do, but they had no idea what they wanted to do for gameplay and no real knowledge of the hardware they were working with because they were also trying to develop this proprietary engine until Square Enix was like, hey, we want to ship a demo with Advent Children's uh, Blu-ray cut. Can you put something together? And they were like, uh... And uh, that's why 13 is just a linear series of corridors with combat encounters. That combat system is pretty fun. Oh, yeah. I would consider Final Fantasy One for that distinction of second worst Final Fantasy game because it's a we, we give it a pass for be, for a lot of its very important ideas and for being first and for being an archaic NES game, but a lot of it really doesn't hold up. Especially and it, as a it lot is of the, still an archaic NES game. Yeah, a lot of the encounter design really doesn't hold up, but it's a uh, I, I think it is more playable than FF two and uh, and and very important obvious in a lot of obvious ways that uh, we we give it a pass. Fairly or unfairly. I mean, the transformations are enough to put it above Final Fantasy 2 for me. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, the the, the class change moment in FF1 is cool cool and powerful. Mm -hmm. You feel real good when you get to that moment for sure. It would seem like a very empowering shift in the entire dynamic of the game. Yeah. And the shift in power dynamic in FF2 is your. uh, hitting yourself with swords so many times your HP goes from 750 (laughs) to 770. 
<laughs> can we can we at least all agree that the final dungeon gauntlet in three is the worst thing to ever happen to this? Yeah, series? from from the underground labyrinth oh, so through uh, through the crystal tower through uh, cloud of darkness, or I should say, world of darkness, with no save points in between, is super rough. Oh man, I still don't know how I beat that on DS. I must have had a lot of patience when I was younger. <laughs> I think it was the same for me. Yeah, I remember struggling so hard with that moment, and it was just brutal and you just have to keep beating your head against the wall if you want to get by and then eventually you do those three dungeons are an alliance raid in final fantasy 14 they're they're the level they're the level 50 alliance raid and they're better than anything in the nest final fantasy games so yeah that's probably enough talking about final fantasy 2 uh we're basically in agreement it's the worst one and there's a couple contenders for second worst i I I mean i hear caitlin yelling at us about final fantasy 15 you? Oh, okay. Final Fantasy 15, RPG fans game of the year. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Final Fantasy 15 is a good game, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, I haven't played Final Fantasy 15 other than I think one demo, and that demo was already better than Final Fantasy 2. Yes. So <laughs> they're not in the same conversation. Check out the Royal Edition; it's got all the DLC now. Um, yeah, but, it's actually um, really fun. Special shout out to fourteen one point The game oh, ha, yes, sure. yeah. rebuilt. The only Final um, Fantasy game that you can't play anywhere. <laughs> they, they, uh, okay, did y'all see the interview clip with Yoshida where they were like, "Hey, are you going to do a fourteen classic, mm-hmm. like WoW classic?" And he was just like, "Nightmare." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, that was what about Mystic Quest? Does it factor in for any of you? Um, you know, uh, it's a charm, and I, I like played it, it when I was like eight or nine and i think it was perfect for me at that age and the music alone is yeah. enough to distinguish it above it's final definitely fantasy baby's two. first uh, the, final fantasy in the, bo- the boss yeah. music alone puts it ahead of ff1 and 2 for me so yeah. I'm, uh, I'm i'm willing to I say mean, that it's game's better than yeah it's, it's inoffensive um yeah you can jump over things that's neat yeah final fantasy 2 <laughs> really is satisfying chopping stuff down with the axe right yeah Probably the angriest I've ever been in the Final Fantasy was um, my friends trying to convince me FF8 was good when I was in the middle of my FF8 hate period in, say, I don't know, or the early 2000s. But um, but I, I've basically come around. Final Fantasy 8 is not a bad game. I just hate the Squall Renoa relationship and a few other character things in that game. But that's uh, that, but, I, but perfect... it, it doesn't begin in a, dis- in a discussion of the worst Final Fantasy games when one and two exist. No. But that's like the perfect mood to be in to play that game. Like everybody in that game is just angry and hates everything. That's part of why I don't love it, but uh, but and and I still think FF8 is probably the least good FF game, numbered four through ten at least. But that that that's uh, we don't need to have a long discussion on For that. For sure, yeah. We, yeah, we, 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 I think there's even an item on, on the Retro Encounter Google Doc. Uh, F, like like Fenner versus Solosi is FF8 good or bad? Um, <laughs> but the, the, that that that's a uh, that's a lifetime ago <laughs> in podcast terms. <laughs> Can't believe I'm saying this, but that's enough Final Fantasy discussion for now. Uh, do, do we have a, another series we want to volunteer uh, for discussion? We, we could move over to the other one, um, Dragon Quest. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, for me, I think there's a clear answer. It's Dragon Quest Two. Yep, it's, um, it's also the the second NES one. Yeah, um, I mean, it 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 does some things really well. Um, it, it makes the world of Dragon Quest One much larger. Um, its story is slightly more, I don't know, uh, it's slightly larger. And it you have like three characters instead of one. The problem is that two of the characters are basically worthless. Um, the game never tells you where to go. 
Um, it's an incredible grind fest throughout, and then you get to Roan, and it's like, yeah. whoa. Um, it's an you even worse grind fest. Yeah, Peter, you were talking about the end game of Final Fantasy III being bad. Try oh, yeah. uh, try two difficult dungeons, and then a gauntlet of, is it either five or six boss fights in a row? with no oper- five. Yeah, yeah. With, with no way to save in between any of those things. It, 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 the cave is Road to Roan, and the castle is called Roan. And yeah. God, it is it is one it is maybe my least favorite end game of any game of any RPG I've For finished. Sure. I mean, you can feel that the development time was super short on that game. It was like nine months or something from Dragon yeah. Quest One mm-hmm. to Dragon Quest Two, and it's like they just decided to throw a ton of ideas on it. But like the level scaling alone, when you need like twenty thousand XP to gain a level, and you're you can only fight I don't know battles that give you forty experience it's, points. It's insane. I've never played. I played a lot of NES RPGs. It is the worst defender on that front. Yeah, I never beat F, uh, Dragon Quest Two on the NES. I beat the Game Boy Color version uh, years later, and I think and I think I'd already beaten a couple other Dragon Quest games by that point. But uh, you alluded to this a little bit at the beginning, Zach. Um, uh, Dragon Quest Two, okay, Dragon Quest One takes place on a single continent, and you have one yeah. character. Dragon Quest Two, uh, that continent is now just one continent in a larger world. And uh, that, and you have three playable characters who are all descendants of the. Uh, they're, they're, uh, I think they're all cousins, basically cousins yeah. who are who are descendants of the, uh, of the original hero from Dragon Quest One. And seeing the world and lore expand in that way is great. And um, some of the some of the quest stuff is kind of cool, like the way that you make the uh, the sh- the. Uh, flowing robe or water flying clothes, whatever you want to call it, like by by yeah. like finding the thread and the tailor, and it's it's the best armor for the for uh, um, Princess of Moonbrook in in Dragon Quest Two. Like, there's cool Dragon Quest things in this game, but uh, it's it's so poorly balanced, and the end game is so busted that it's it's the worst Dragon Quest game. I'm I'm confident in agreeing with you on that. Yeah. I don't think there's any real competition. I mean, one is not, not super fun to play, but it's mercifully short. Yeah, um, Dragon Quest One is is like five hours long and is literally yeah. the first JRPG. So I, I right. like uh, <laughs> if we if we give FF one a pass over two, we super give Dragon Quest one a pass, and I'm I'm, right. happ- I'm happy to do that. Right. I mean, somehow magically, I'm pretty sure Dragon Quest Two is the first RPG I ever beat, and it's been like all downhill from there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting how they were able to, I guess, in both cases, like when they iterated on their first installment to take a step back somehow. I mean, I think it's just uh, ambition outstripping design. Yeah, um, and the function, yeah. uh, not the function, like the hardware just wasn't yeah. there for it. I mean, because by Dragon Quest three, I mean, they it's arguably one of the three or four best. So they yeah. you know, took a little bit more time and figured out Final how Fantasy to... three on that. Yeah, yeah. Final Fantasy three is, I think meaningfully yeah. better than one and two and dragon quest three right. and four are meaningfully better than one and two so it's it, it's, and bounds, yeah. it, it's um I, I don't know if it's hardware limitations because they were able to figure out the hardware for the hardware for later installments and we yeah. should also mention that dragon quest one and two i think they were also they were released at the same time on msx and some other consoles so or at least at least the first one was so uh, calling it just a nest game is a little misleading but yeah, I don't really think there's another contender here. You can have quibbles about different parts of other Dragon Quest games. Uh, again, like I said, we give uh, Dragon Quest One justifiably a big pass, but I- I'm not even sure what- which one I would call second worst in this series. I mean, I, I think that Probably have to be one, but yeah. know, I like I like all of the other ones. So yeah, yeah. Uh, six is kind of rough in parts, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, I think six is a is a little boring for the mid series games. It, it's a uh, yeah, it, its gameplay ideas and design ideas are 
put it ahead of two at least. Yeah, it's fine. The end of uh, the, the DS version's a, a fine a game if you're if you're looking for a Dragon Quest. You can be worse. I think yeah, Dragon I like Quest it. Nine is a little, is stretched a little thin and is uh, and is sort of below average, especially if you play it solo. But yeah. uh, but again, wow. n- n- yeah. nothing nothing scratches Dragon Quest Two in this. Uh, one of the online stuff of Nine is out. It's a little empty. Playing Nine now is rough because a lot of yeah a lot of the online features are down and uh I, I think that that harms the the lifespan of the game significantly and none of us have played 10 so man yeah. <laughs> it's doing well in japan it's do- yeah it, it's been released on something like four different systems in japan i don't Is like it? mmos but i would subscribe day one which, <laughs> for I, sure well, dragon quest 10 runs on the same crystal tools engine that 13 did and oh, it, do- it does it yeah. does uh, I, I found out recently and was like, huh, they finally got it working. <laughs> well, the only MMO I like is Final Fantasy XIV, and if ten was playable in some form in English legally, I would at least give it a one-month shot. But yeah, uh, alas, sure. I, I really can't judge it that way. And Eleven is like my favorite video game of the past five years or something crazy. Eleven is amazing, and I'm going to get it again on Switch because I'm a sheep. I, 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 I think I am too. <laughs> but... The 16-bit stuff is enough to sell me off, yeah. off the bat. Just just replaying it in the 16-bit mode uh, would make it feel like a new game. And oh, um, yeah, I, I, Dragon Quest Eleven does not belong anywhere near a discussion of the worst Dragon Quest games. No. No did, you see, did you see the Treehouse footage where they had, like, you can go to old locations from old Dragon Quest yeah. games? That was in the 3DS version originally, too. So, yeah, yeah I'm glad they're bringing that over. They have, awesome. like, Castle rendered in 16-bit. It's great. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Nerd, nerd burst. No, it's fine. We're, we're talking Dragon Quest, and uh, we're, and the discussion's allowed to wander a little bit. But I think we might be done with Dragon Quest because we're all pretty unanimous that Dragon Quest Two is the worst one. Yep, it's bad. All right, so uh, Peter and Zach have already gone. Uh, so Greg, what's one of the series on your list for uh, worst in show? Well, I think it's going over to another big fan favorite series uh, would be the Mana series out of I guess the Square Enix house now these days. I remember when they announced Children of Mana because I had my DS and I was just super stoked to have some mana to play on it. And I went to the rental place that now is out of business, but they also sold stuff. And uh, I went there like in anticipation of the release date being like, yeah, I'm going to pre-buy this game. I want to get it before even I think pre-buying was a thing, uh, pre-sales and such. And uh, they're just like, yeah, when it comes in, for sure, yada, yada. And I just kept going back, like, week after week. And it was like, I think they didn't get their shipment in for a good, like, two weeks for Children of Mana. And I was so excited to have it. And then I played it. And with all this buildup, it just turned into this really boring, repetitive dungeon crawl kind of roguelike-ish thing. And it was just not that fun. And I was super let down, partly because I did it myself with so much expectation. Well, you're bearing the lead a little bit because uh, there was a mana revival movement in the mid-2000s with three games being released, I think, within the same year or within the same 18 months. Uh, Children of Mana, Dawn of Mana, and Heroes of Mana. Yeah, they, I think all three of those are, com- are competitors for the worst mana game because uh, I don't think any of them are good. Yeah, they're definitely all up there because yeah, the only other one from those three that I did play was Dawn of Mana, which again, I was so excited to have mana in a 3D world. Like I was just picturing Secret of Mana, but being able to like scope that camera around and take in these wonderful vistas of wandering around the countryside and fighting rabbits and being able to take in all the sights and sounds. And they kind of did that. They gave us a fairly lush, beautifully rendered world on the PlayStation 2, but as a level, like they were just like stages and it lacked 
everything else that made uh, the original Secret of Mana good. They just kind of stripped that out and made it into a, like an action game more than anything I find. That game was so bizarre because, like, I, I'm still a little baffled because, like, Square's production on the PS2 that time was really pretty good. Like, all things yeah, weird. and like, yeah, because that that came after Dragon Quest VIII and long after uh, Final Fantasy X and XI. They, they, yeah, they, they should be they should have been comfortable developing on the PS2 at that time. But was this a uh, like their I think their first time working in the Unreal Engine? That I don't know. Weren't they? They were really, really focused on like a, the physics system in that game. Yeah, they had that big combat gimmick of having the vine thing around his arm that turned into the sword, and you could latch it onto like logs and stuff, and yeah, you could fling yeah, them. Yeah, it was. I'm, I misspoke. It wasn't the Unreal Engine. It was the Havoc physics engine. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, like they they gave you a lot of weird stuff to do with your tree arm, and. Uh, and and ultimately, it was unsuccessful. I, I think that Dawn of Mana is the worst game in the series, in part because I think it had I had more expectations for it than Children of Mana or Heroes of Mana, which are both underwhelming DS games of different genres than pure RPG. Because Dawn yeah. of Mana is is Seiken Densetsu Four. It, in Japanese, it was it was the SD Four. Um, like like Legend of Mana was called Seiken. It wasn't a spinoff. Yeah, yeah, Legend of Mana was called Seiken and Setsu Legend of Mana in Japan, <laughs> but the, but uh, Dawn of Mana was supposed to be the flagship game for this Mana revival, and it was just awful. Um, I I did play yeah. Heroes of Mana and Children of Mana a little bit, and I, and I didn't get super deep into either of them, but like like they seemed like side gimmicks, and Dawn of Mana seemed like their attempt at making the next great Mana game, and uh. As such, my expectations being higher, I I have much more uh, dislike for Dawn of Mana than the other two. But none of them are good. And that makes sense. And it's just also like the like they you lacked a lot of the wonder of like the whole radio manual system of having all these different spirits to call on. Like you could, I, I don't even know if you got access to all of them. And as it was, you had to level them up in each stage. And I think to a maximum of level three, and you kind of got your max magic. But by the time the stage was over, you had to start from level one again and level all the way back up to be the most powerful for that stage and breaking it down into these levels and completely humbling these creatures. Like it took so much out of the spirit of what the series was. And yeah, I'm there with you. Like the expectations were high and it just, ugh. yeah, I would say it would definitely be, I'd say the worst one over children of Mana. just children of Mana is the one I dumped into first of the two uh, of that whole revival series. Maybe this was the order that came out, but I think I also played Children of Mana first. I think it was Children, then Dawn, then Heroes for me, because I really wanted to like all of them, but it, it, they just weren't good. I only played a little bit of Heroes. I got it uh, on a rental from Microplay. That was the place. It was Microplay. I rented it from them when I first bought my DS. I rented that, I think, um, Revenant Wings and a couple other things just to try some stuff out. I didn't mind it, and I kind of always meant to go back to it, and then I didn't, and then I started hearing enough bad feedback that it wasn't worth spending the money on, so I guess that is founded. I heard it was a sequel or prequel to Second Insetsu 3, so I was really interested in Heroes of Mana. But it basically was just a bad RTS with mechanics that didn't really work in the SD3 world. Like, the the different kingdoms and nations fighting each other are the same kingdoms from yeah. uh, Second Insetsu 3, but... It, I, and I think it's a prequel, not a sequel, but I'd have to I'd have to double check that. It's it's uh, but yeah, um, I don't I think know. Four I, had that too. Yeah, from, I, had some of the lore from three. I I don't yeah I don't know whether I dislike children or heroes more, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, that whole mana revival was a little ill advised to say the least. And also, 
Um, Wasn't Sword of Mana in there too? No, Sword of Mana was significantly before that. It was a GBA game over uh, several years, oh, right. several years before the that revival. But um, Seiken Densetsu One or Final Fantasy Adventure has been remade a couple times. Sword of Mana on the DS, and then Adventure of Mana, I think, on mobile and Vita, and maybe yeah. also PC. Uh, and and I sh- and Secret of Mana also had a let's say a not great remake from a couple of years ago. So um, <laughs> I, I, these uh, uh, sort of mana, secret of mana remakes might also belong in a discussion of the worst mana games. Cause I don't think either of any of them were very well received. Right. Yeah. It surprises me. I've enjoyed sort of mana. I just, I don't know why it was so ill received. I didn't try the adventures. Remastered, I, I, though, I think adventure of mana ports. was, was less well received. Uh, uh, the, with the guy that RPG fan reviewed it, Nick, um, he liked it a lot, but it was also his first mana game ever. So I wonder if that was influencing it. Taku um, was pretty high on it too, weirdly. I only played the beginning of it, but I thought that the game boy version was better than adventures of mana. But Which I, we now I, have. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we we had it before. We always also. did, I guess, right? But we have it again. Yeah, it's uh, it's on the collection of mana uh, re-release that was that was very recent, in fact. But uh, yeah, I I think that it's a three-way tie bef- between Children of Mana, Dawn of Mana, and Heroes of Mana for the worst mana title. Uh, it, it, do we have any other dissenting opinions? <laughs> no, I think I got it, fam. Nope. Yeah, I haven't tried the remasters enough, even though I've heard enough ill about them to stay away from the secret of mana remaster but you can get the good version of these games for 40 bucks on switch just do it mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly so i figure i think you're right that's those three that kind of a three-way tie for it but the eh, don might edge it out a bit don would be my pick but uh, all three of those are not good and I'm, i don't care enough about any of them to insist that it's don really it's bad yeah don't play those did you ever end up beating any of them? No. Um, the one I probably played the most was Children of Mana, but I did not get close to beating any of them. I did beat Children of Mana just through sheer stubbornness of I spent $35 on this, I will beat it, dang it, or whatever it was <laughs> I spent. Heroes, I couldn't, and <laughs> I think I rented Donna Mana. I got to like the the desert level, and he's like, you know what? F this, and I like straight up returned it. I was just I was over it, which was so disappointing. I, retur- okay. I returned all three of those games, and I rarely returned things, so that, that gives you about how is upset it... I was by those. <laughs> oh, dear. This is a little off topic, but I want to ask, do you all remember the first game it was that you, that you returned out of sheer disgust and disappointment? I mm. I truly do not. <laughs> yeah, no. I was way too um, young. I, I, mine was the first Nino Cooney. I feel like I should put myself out there. <laughs> oh, dear. Mine would, mine would have been uh, probably a SNES game. Uh, because I, I I mostly rented my NES and SNES collection, but yeah. I don't, I'm trying I don't remember strongly enough which yeah. I, which I disliked enough to actually well okay now I remember um w- one of the worst games I've ever owned was a NES action game called Daydreaming Davy that's just terrible. oh my gosh I played that game yeah. it was terrible yeah I I <laughs> I, so I, I owned it and I uh, I uh, I couldn't figure out how to beat a boss in the cowboy level and I, and I returned it about a month after yeah. getting it. I remember that. Yeah. I, I was yeah. not good. Yeah. Once, that game's bad. I was going to say, now remember when we talked about this in another episode, I, I think it was random or retro. I can't remember which episode or uh, which show it was on, but okay. it was Solosi apologetically because it was Disgaea. Oh, I wasn't hmm. disgusted with it. I just couldn't, it just wasn't for me. And I yeah, bounced off. Well, you, you just have poor taste is the answer there. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of poor taste, don't we have something else on them <laughs> on there that would be arguably in there? 
Mm, we're also bad at transitions in this episode, I guess. Well, all right. Um, I guess it's my turn, and I'll uh, I'll leave the Square Enix womb for a little bit uh, and talk about one of my great RPG obsessions, Persona. And to people that have heard me on podcasts before, it will come to, as no surprise <laughs> that, uh, that yeah, Persona <laughs> One is the worst Persona game, and it's not close. I, I've never played two or three, but I am certain that you are correct because I have played one, and that game sucks. Oh, three is so good. <laughs> I rented Persona One. Uh, Decades ago, it would have been the early 2000s. I think that game came out in 97 or 98, but uh, in, in North America. Yeah. But I rented it in the early 2000s because a lot of people on websites like RP Gamer and RPG Fan really liked it. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is a weird occult Japanese RPG. Sure, that sounds great. And I hated it so much that I decided that Persona was bad for a long, long time. And until I, uh, uh, a friend of mine basically threw a copy of Persona 3 Fess at my face. Um, uh, oh, again, over a decade later. But, like, Persona 2, both of them are dated and have some sort of clunky gameplay mechanics, not as clunky as Persona 1, and have some truly excellent uh, character and story stuff in the Persona 2 duology. Persona 1 has none of that. It it has a, a sort of neat non-linear gameplay arc where, uh, depending on your decisions, different characters from your uh, high school class join, leave or join you. And then there are two end game scenarios: one where the uh, a local businessman is trying to is sort of like dominates the story, and one where your uh, your high school homeroom teachers is about to be like uh, possessed by a demon. So like mm-hmm. there's there's the two story paths in the second half of the game, and that that's a cool concept, but. Isn't that it, second story path only in like the the original game and the PSP version, the Western yes, version? Yes, they they, they cut it out of the Western version, and the Western version of Persona One is real bad. They uh, there's uh, they even um, change the race of one character that in in, in something that's extremely comfortable uh, uncomfortable to look at uh, oh, to look back at. Blackface. Yeah, I don't did not miss you. Yeah, JRPG blackface, never a good idea. But uh, but yeah, Persona One's um, even throwing the bad localization out out. It's by far the least interesting Persona game. It's it's mercifully short at around fifteen to twenty hours. But I've never beaten it. I uh, I I've only played the first eight to ten hours. Um, uh, and and the PSP version is where I got the farthest in. But I genuinely love every other Persona game besides the first one. Even the dancing spin-offs, the fighting spin-offs, uh, the Persona Q dungeon crawlers, which I genuinely like. Persona 1 is bad. Uh, either read the manga or read a Wikipedia article instead. I confess I have not Personaed anything. Whoa. <laughs> They're good, but they, they are long they are and, are, and arduous. Long. So, uh, so if, if you can't fit in 70 hours, then I understand. But... Uh, I, I I really like um, the other Persona games, and I've I've replayed three, four, and five multiple times each, uh, which which is just I know proves that I'm a maniac and not, doesn't really say anything else about me. But uh, <laughs> you can, Greg, you can trim you can trim your runtime in P3P down pretty easily because it's more of a visual novel. They cut right. a lot of the the interactive segments. It's still it's still a pretty faithful telling of that story. So if you, no, it if you it's a decent but, enough jumping in point. Persona 3 Portable is not bad. I, I, I think I, I do value some of the visual fidelity of the PS2 versions of Persona 3 oh, I, a, a I lot. Agree. I agree. I uh, agree. Um, we have yet to get a definitive version of 3, which makes yeah. me sad. It's so good. Yeah, like, like um, Golden really is a definitive version of 4. They only add and enhance that game. But uh, Fess and Persona 3 Portable both make different improvements to 3 and aren't really just 
slapping improvements on top. So, like you said, there is no real definitive version of Persona 3, and uh, releasing a Persona 3 complete somewhere, I think, would be great, but it hasn't happened yet. If they release Fez with a female or Fez with a female protagonist and allowing and, you to control your party, and fast travel, and yeah, and yeah. fast travel, and um, and character menus instead of having to talk to people in Tartarus to mess around with their equipment, like yeah. if if they if they made a version, if they made a Persona Three that played like Persona Four Golden, then it would solve every problem. But uh, that that has not happened yet. I mean, it's kept me from playing it at this point because I always like you know vacillate between like, do I play Fest? Do I play P3P? I, I'm not sure, and so I just can't make a decision. On the solution, the solution is to beat each of them two or three times, as I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I genuinely love three and four. I think five is super good. I think I think Persona, the, both Persona two games are dated, but very very good for being what they are. I like I, I, I mean, I I've played a lot of the Persona for arena fighting game. I, I I love this series, but one is the sort of ugly first step that was I guess like 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 uh one died so two so the rest of the series could survive, I guess. Even the music isn't cards. very good. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. So don't play Persona One. Uh read a wiki article instead. I think we're ready to move on. I think so. My so turn? yeah, go for it. Uh, Kingdom Hearts. Oh, okay. Well, Mike, oh, uh, Zach, your turn. The, the Kingdom, the Kingdom Hearts games, um, went through a bit of a phase between two and three, where they were coming out on every single platform. Um, and uh, between while they two were... and three, isn't that fifteen years? Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Like that was <laughs> their the awkward phase was fifteen years. In fairness, I think it's like fourteen. Okay. okay. All right. Entire sure. <laughs> so, so s- still an entire middle school student between two and three. Yes. Um, they were coming out basically. They were they were releasing side stories and midquels and prequels and 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 new games on every platform imaginable. So we had two on DS, one for PSP that was actually pretty great, one for 3DS, a bunch of mobile phone stuff like. It was it was weird, um, and some of those games ended up being pretty beloved. But the two DS games are probably the weakest links: um, three five eight over two days and um, Recoded. Um, if I had to pick a series worst, I'm probably going to go with Recoded, mainly because Days is not fun to play, but the story is really good. Um, yeah. if, you're, if, if you're looking for like, it's probably one of the better parts of the Kingdom Hearts storyline. Take that with a grain of salt, if you will, but it is. I enjoy it. That, that and Birth by Sleep are the two best stories, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed, and the manga adaptation is great too. So you know, you can solve the problem right there. Um, Coded adds nothing of value to the story, like even remotely. Um, that's that's the mobile spinoff. It was it was a mobile game in Japan, and then they remade it for the for the DS, the original DS, and that's recoded. Recoded, indeed. All, all right. the remakes have re um, as um, a, a prefix. Yeah, the the PS3 version of Kingdom Hearts one I played also had recoded on it. And when we were discussing Kingdom Hearts, you insisted I don't play it. Yeah, I just skipped that one entirely because they include the cutscenes from the DS games, yeah. um, the HD collections, which um, makes sense. I would have liked to have played a better version of Days, but it makes sense to like okay we don't want to remake this whole game from the ground up. So we're going to give you the story segments, but coded story is just utter. It's utter absolute nonsense. And it adds nothing. I mean, it's a kingdom hearts game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's 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 the same nonsense of Kingdom Hearts, except only now it's affecting characters that like don't matter. Like yeah. it's like, oh, we make a digital version of Sora, and digital Sora has to go into the world from the past Kingdom Hearts games and play a bunch of crappy mini games and heart friendship darkness something. And um, I was willing at some point I was like, okay, maybe this actually is going to tie into three and no, it doesn't. Um, now that three is out, we can officially close the book on that one and say recoded is bad. Nobody should ever touch it. I, I, I mean, I think it is the only kingdom hearts game out of the bajillion of them that came out. That is not essential to actually fully understanding kingdom hearts three but for me chain of memories is still worse i hate i hate 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 the combat are we counting counting re-chain of memories in this because i gba chain of memories i will give you i like re-chain a lot i i didn't play gba so i'm i'm just talking about re Uh, um it it just the, the card system was overly convoluted it was not i thought well put together it was way too much time in menus um and there was weird difficulty spikes all over it the story was better than a lot of other games but man i i could not stand that combat system the only kingdom hearts game i've played is the first one and uh but i will take your word for it on uh chain of memories and recoded being being worse i have have zero problems just taking your word on it read read, um i've said i like the combat system in in chain of memories because i'm I'm kind of a i I mean i just like tcgs so i'm kind of like all right this is that this this hits a certain micromanaging part of my brain and, and like deck building that I just like, um, but it's if you're not if you it, it's a, and it is an important part of the story. So again, read the manga. The manga is the manga adaptation of Chain of Memories is two volumes and it's very good. I mean, there's just so many recycled assets in it too. I mean, I just feel like yeah. flying through Kingdom Hearts one again and like two more times. I, the fact yeah. that it was essentially a pack in bonus for Kingdom Hearts two final mix does yeah. does kind of sweeten the pot a bit, at least in terms of how it was originally released. Yeah, I can buy that. Yeah, but it, as a standalone release, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> so Chain of Memories or Coded, depending on your preferences, is probably the worst Kingdom Hearts game. And probably, and yeah, and playing days again. Watch the story, read the manga because it is a good story. But playing that's the, days, that, that's the DS one. That's the first yes. DS one, right? Yeah. Right. Right. You play as Roxas when he was in the organization. Uh, it's got an interesting mission structure. Um, the problem is you're trying to play a 3D action game with a D-pad on the Nintendo DS. How do you, what do you think the problem is? <laughs> well, the problem is you're trying to play a Kingdom Hearts game. Um, well, yeah. That's the shade I came here for. <laughs> the, the darkness, if you will. <laughs> Hearts, Friendship, Darkness, Light. That is the... Yeah, that, that's every Kingdom Hearts game, I guess. But that, that's also a lot of JRPGs, so maybe I shouldn't uh, take that tack if I'm trying to just throw shade on Kingdom Hearts. Um, again, I, I've only played the first one, and I uh, I did not love it. But I think, but uh, my issues with it are, uh, you know, you know, uh, varying, not just story. But I, the, I will say, in spite of everything else, it does get better, Mike. People, that's what people keep keep telling me, and I uh, I, I did end up buying a. Uh, a copy of the story so far uh, edition. So I, I'm gonna try. I'm, I'm gonna try and play Kingdom Hearts two, or maybe Birth by Sleep eventually. I'm not sure which of those I, I, I'm gonna try first, but I, I am go two first. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm willing to. I'm willing to revisit Kingdom Hearts, but uh, I, I do not think that revisitation is going to involve Chain of Memories or Coded. Even if you're not into the, even if you don't care about the story at all, two's combat is so fun. 
Yeah. Like, it's I, a I huge improvement over one. Huge improvement. There's a reason people hold even now. Even now that three is out, there's a reason people still hold two up as the gold standard for the series. Yeah, yeah people 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 get yeah. real weird about Kingdom Hearts two. I know that's for damn sure. <laughs> Can confirm. That's mm. definitely enough Kingdom Hearts discussion for a retro encounter episode. I thought, I thought I thought this was over when I gave you a whole Kingdom Hearts three podcast, Peter and Zach, <laughs> and, it, and it ran for like more than two hours. <laughs> Apparently it wasn't enough. Oh, I know. I I edited that thing. (laughs) But, uh, uh, Zach, what's the next uh, series to discuss? I think I'm going to go to probably my favorite series, uh, Suikoden. Um, And actually, for me, it is closer um, than it is for a lot of people. Because I think sort of the standard answer for most people is Suikoden 4. And that that is my answer. It sort of takes everything that's Mm -hmm. good about Suikoden and, like, strips it away um because i feel like uh you know suikoden Suikoden one and two in particular they're fast moving um they have a lot of really fascinating characters um it it all you know it mostly really works really well together where suikoden four um puts you on a boat and its sailing mechanics are worse than wind waker um which is saying something the original wind waker um and i've heard a lot of complaints about at suikoden four boats but and but yeah my my perception of it is that everyone likes one and two. Three yeah. is more mixed, but people like it. Yeah. Uh, five, everyone was just so relieved that it was better than four. And four, everyone hates that boat. Was is, is only is my only understanding. That's of pretty the accurate. And I actually i I don't like three as much as most people. And it gets back to the same problem that I have with. Right. Four is that I think it just moves way too slowly. Um, but four is not only moves slowly, but it's only 20 hours long. So it never gets going. So if you think back to like Sweet and Two, there are all those like amazing, you know, story plot points uh, with like these, you know, huge twists and, you know, all, all these people doing clever things and that, that relationship between Joey and Ryu. Uh, there's really none of that. There's like some relationship between the main character in Sweet and Four and a guy named Snow who sort of betrays you. Um, but it just never gets off the ground and it still has 108 characters, but that's basically like most of the runtime as you recruiting the characters. It's, hmm. it's totally inessential. It takes place 150 years before the rest of the Suikoden series. So the lore element isn't as interesting. There aren't as many crossovers. Um, it, it just didn't, it didn't work uh, nearly as well for me um, as the other ones do. But I still liked it actually. Is Luke in the game? Luke. No, he's not. He's in one, two, and three. Yeah, no um, Luke, then no dice. Sorry, man. Yeah, no Luke. Luke Luke is in three. That's all, all I'll say about that. But yes. I, I know about his involvement in three. And he was he was okay, uh, he was enough. one of my he was one of my main party members in two. So I, I, I enjoy me some Luke. And he was yeah, throw and a I, blue blue gate rune on him early on and he wrecks. Yeah. I have uh I've I've I, I finished two and I've played the beginning parts of one and three and thought they were all right but didn't uh, they didn't maybe seize me the way two did, yeah. but uh, yeah I, again I don't know a lot about the later of the series I know that um that um, tactics isn't that well regarded but every everyone seems to dis seemed to dislike four and complained yeah. about the boat a lot. I mean, Tactics is, uh, it's actually a prequel and a sequel to 4. Um, and so in some ways, okay. it, actually make, it actually makes 4 slightly better because it fills in some gaps uh, in the storytelling. Um, and I think it, it does a better job with the storytelling. The tactical element is really half-baked and bad. Um, but the story is so much better than it is in 4 that it still like puts it above 4 for me. Do we have a spot on this list for Tear Christ or whatever the DS one is? Uh, I, I never finished it. It was okay. It was a DS game. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, it was better than 4, but I, I never finished it. So I can't speak with any authority on that one. 
I gotcha. So it sounds like the best part of Suikoden 4 is that it was mercifully short, which is all, but also to its detriment. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good look at all. No, indeed. Uh, Greg, have you played any Suikoden games? I've been wanting to ever since I think it was the, the Suikoden 2, 2 episode. Oh, man. Um, it sounds rad and up my alley, and then I covered it a bit through um, This Day in Gaming, and it looks really neat, but I've never gotten into any of them. I think I rented... It might have been three. That was on the PlayStation 2, right? Yeah. I rented that one when I... Um, I think I first had a PlayStation 2 that my friend of mine loaned to me, and then I realized I didn't have a memory card. like an idiot, because <laughs> I didn't... I really hadn't gotten into next-gen gaming yet, so I had no concept of it. Uh, and, yeah, and so I realized I couldn't do anything with it, so I had to return the rental. And it wasn't until a while later when I could afford to buy a memory card that... And I just never got back to it. It's too neat. Two is cheap on PSN, and I've put, like, I don't know, 22 hours into it over the last couple of days. So, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> is that PSN on the th- on the PlayStation 3, though, or on PS4? Yeah. Uh, no, only on PSP, Vita, or uh, PS3. Yeah. So yeah, I have PS4. I don't have a 3. Yeah, I uh, I played it on Vita when we played it for the podcast around a, a, little, a little less than a year ago. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I, I think it probably helps to play Suikoden 1 first, because you can transfer oh, save information over. And they're they're so closely linked, uh, the two stories. Um, I kind of think of them as almost the same game in some ways. Yeah, I, I didn't do that, and I still liked 2 a lot, but uh, Alana was playing Suikoden 2 for the first time for the podcast, and she did link over a Suikoden 1 save, and she uh, seemed to, to get up to get a lot of it uh, out of that like it's a good idea to play one before two but, it, but, it, but it's not absolutely necessary and, and neither no. of those belong in a discussion in the worst Suikoden game no indeed um, four, four, four. Yeah, got it Suikoden four it's bad <laughs> I just want that as like a sound bite to like throw into all my videos and stuff just Peter yelling it's bad on everything it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be there you and have... uh, it's fans of video content I think that Max replays Suikoden 2 like every other month for the uh, on stream so there's definitely archives of of uh, RPG fan people playing Suikoden 1 and 2 on uh, our uh, on our Twitch channel but um, again Suikoden 4 it's bad it's bad <laughs> uh, Greg what's the next series you wanted to discuss uh, on my list, I was kind of struggling afterwards to come up with some other stuff, and I thought we didn't give a lot of uh, love to the Western RPGs. And I remembered the Fable series and how I really did not like Fable 3. That, rest in peace. I was I was barely <laughs> yeah. aware of it being a series. <laughs> right? And it's not like it's as long-lasting as all these ones are, but it is a pretty staple uh, Western RPG series on this side of things. And, like, one was great. It broke a lot of ground in what it tried to do and was overly ambitious and didn't quite set out to it, but it was still charming and fun to play. Oh, so it's Two. a Peter Molyneux game. Got it. Yeah, exactly. And he definitely kept that running throughout the rest of the series. Like, 2 was, is, in my opinion, the best of them all. And its only real issue I had was just this awful bloated menu. But the story was compelling. The growth was compelling with the characters and like what you could do was awesome. It was a really neat game and had a really great world. And then you get to Fable 3 where it looks better, uh, arguably. I think I liked the menu a lot better how they did it, but it is really clunky still. Oh, you have like an actual physical place that is the menu. Like you load up the quote unquote menu screen and you go to what's called the sanctuary and it's a room that leads to other rooms, which are all, you know, sub menus. So it's not much better, but at least it runs a bit smoother, I found, than the clunky menu in 2. 
But aside from like how much better it looked, it was just such a small truncated game with like really lousy story. The it was also egregiously it was also uh you know had the egregious DLC for all the um cosmetic stuff, which I think the first uh, sorry two started that as well of like pay X amount of you know Xbox bucks and you can get yourself this armor set, which you know, why couldn't you just buy that in the game with real money? Like I gotta understand one thing, like if you spent real money to get these things and it had to be a lot, but if you and then you had access to getting it faster through just spending like actual like Xbox Live currency, but it's just it's just weird that they had so much of that shoved in there. The co-op that they promised you in Fable 2 was kind of ham-fisted and really lazily thrown into three just to say, it's there. Hope you like it. And it was just a completely linear experience unlike the other one. So it was just a whole lot of junky, not followed through mechanics. And the game itself is just so short and just seemed like they just tried to shove it out the door in hopes of keeping it relevant, I guess. I, I have a bit of an eye-roll opinion towards Peter Molyneux in general. I, I was really, really excited for Black and White, the uh, the RTS strategy game he made for PC in the early 2000s. or, or maybe, 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 maybe it was late 90s and I didn't play it until the early 2000s. I'd have to check information on that. And 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 following my disappointment about that and then reading about his his reputation made me sort of just think of him as someone who is always ambitious and always has good ideas, but also always over-promises and under-executes. So yeah, it was easy for me to sort of hand-wave the Fable series, because I didn't own an Xbox or an Xbox 360, and heard similar things about them. Like, again, they were ambitious, but didn't really f- uh, fulfill the uh, their their promise or premise. And uh, again, my, my one friend who I know was really into Fable and kept trying to convince me to play them uh, really liked Fable 2, and then I didn't hear a peep out of him about Fable, Fable 3. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm willing to... I'm willing to take you on your word for uh, the uh, the weaknesses of Fable Three, but also again, it's a it's a Molyneux game, so I I uh, I'll always sort of assume it'll be disappointing, which is really really rude of me, but yeah, eh, that's my thoughts it, on him. It's okay. I mean, you know, Rob has David Cage. You have Peter Molyneux. You have your people who you know are just always going to fail you. <laughs> yeah, I I really wanted Black and White to be good. I was really excited by, about that thing because uh, I, I played a lot of um, RTS and uh, and strategy games in the late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, your your uh, Warcrafts and Ages of Empires and uh, and and it's, it, these are turn based games and like but Civilization games. I was that was a kind of that was a genre I really really loved. And and black and white just was I was so excited for it and I've, I I'm not sure I've ever been more disappointed by a PC game, but yeah, well it had that godlike aspect too of even um oh shoot why am I I'm blanking on it yeah uh, the, the the animal worship and sort of your the gods interacting with the yeah. uh, with, with with the villagers and the advanced AI stuff going on I thought it was going to be amazing uh, Super but, Nintendo game what am I thinking of what's the game you play your god then you go into side scrolling levels uh, act, uh, act act racer. That's the one. Yeah. yeah, it had like a very actor razor kind of vibe all around it. And it's like, who doesn't want to have a giant wolf or a giant tiger? And then you got to unlock more of them and they changed based on whether you're good or bad and all that stuff. Like, yeah, there was so much promise going on. Yeah, I, I, I was I was really excited by it. But um, but, but moving back to Fable, uh, right. like, like I, I'm not sure any of the Fable games ever sort of lived up to their ideas. And Fable 3 might have the worst execution on those ideas. Absolutely true. Did that have you two get into Fable at all or am I the only... 
outlier I, western I, player. I had some uh, friends who were into it, but it never it never piqued my interest because of all of the above reasons, all, all of the listed reasons. Uh, I was never really one, much of an Xbox guy, so I didn't really get exposed to that series. And I, same you didn't really. get exposed to the Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got an Xbox 360 simply because a friend sold it to me. And he had that on it already, so I was just like, "Well, it's an RPG. I'll play it." And the combat's kind of fun, like you know, there's werewolves. It's it's got some neat aspects to it. You can get married. It's silly and fun, but the yeah, the third one just did a lousy job with all of the. It basically seemed like it dumbed it all down and watered down so many of the concepts and made it far too simple. Yeah. And if I want to get married in the video game, I'll just replay Dragon Quest Five again. Hey. Right. Not a spoiler. Hand of the Heavenly Bride is right there in the title. <laughs> Deborah's still the right choice. But, uh, yeah, I don't is know. She like though? Peter. She is. Is she, though? <laughs> She's so much fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. There, there, there's, there's two full retro episodes about uh, Dragon Quest V. Well, Dragon Quest V wives? Um, no, there's, there's only three choices, so um, we'll, we'll see if you, if you get to get really, really polygamous in, in the Dragon Quest XI remake. But uh, that's, uh, that's a discussion for another day. Indeed. Yeah, as Peter said, Fable possibly most likely rest in peace. Did we ever get that adventure game that they had for like the Connect or whatever that they tease at one e three? I don't Kinect think so. Thing. No, the Connect thing came out. It was the oh, it did. Fable one that got canceled, the Legends or whatever. Yeah. There was right. Fable rumors going into E three, but nothing materialized. At yeah, all. like a Fable four. That's right. But I don't know, people may not just trust giving him money anymore. Who knows. <laughs> Possibly. I, mean, I, I don't know what Peter Molyneux is up to. Uh, I, I love mean, his ambition. I love it, but he just he needs to see it through. I mean, there was also his uh, that MMO about and box-clicking minigame that uh, led into the MMO. That was maybe the ultimate Molyneux disappointment. Uh, yeah. I, I don't even remember what that game was called. Oh, I vaguely know what you're talking about, but I cannot think of it either. Wasn't it Godus or something? Yes, Godus. G O D U S was the final game. Uh, but oh, I forget. Yeah. But there was even a name for the box thing leading up to Goddess. But I, I don't. Uh, I don't remember it well enough to want to think about it anymore. So Fable Three, worst Fable game. We're in agreement. Fable Three, it's bad. Curiosity. Curiosity. That click was the it, yeah. box. That, that thing. It was a yeah. new experiment. Yeah, Anyways. Curiosity was the pre-experiment thing, and Goddess was G O D U S. Maybe Goddess. Goddess. I'm not sure. Was yeah. the uh, was the MMO that ended up not really working out. There we go. So let's move on. Uh, it's my turn again. I want to talk about East, but I sort of am worried. I don't. Uh, I have any of you guys ever played an East game? I played. No, sure. I'm still behind because I've been trying to catch up with other things. Okay, so one person has played one East game. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I liked what I played. Okay, I've played that, and I've played like a little bit of Origins, but not really enough to give a judgment call. Um, well, you can do us all a favor and tell us which one we should definitely never play. The first one. <laughs> I think God. I remember you hearing, hearing you say that before. Yeah, it's exactly like Persona 1. Uh, East 1 is an interesting uh, historical document. It is, an edu- it is an education. It is not a great video game. Um, it, uh, it does the old lawnmower or sumo wrestling style of East where you damage enemies by walking into them. Um, and d- depending on the angle at which you walk into them, you, uh, you deal less or more damage and, and harm or don't self-harm. So... Uh, it, again, the best part about East One is that it's mercifully short at maybe four hours, but it, it's only really worth playing East One if you're 
curious about East history and you already own the like one and two collection in some form. And so a few of the Japan only East games like the uh like Dawn of East which is I think one version of East 4 keep that sort of sumo wrestling style of gameplay but are just better. Like they give you more options and more spells and better story and more and more and a more involved story. Like I think East 2 is a good version of that weird old gameplay, but East 1 doesn't really hold up at all and some boss fights are just maddening. Um 2 in particular one around the middle of the game and one uh, being the very final boss of East 1 are just so frustrating that I, I think the East series is great. I love a lot of them. Uh, or- Origin, which Peter mentioned, is uh, is one of the better ones. Um, we talked about East of the Oath and Felgana, which is a remake of East 3 on this podcast a few months ago, and that one's one of the good ones. Um, I really, really like East 7. Uh, East 8, the most recent one, is... is, is uh, is is different from the other East games. It's like twice as long as any other East game, and uh, way more ambitious than any other East game. But it's pretty good. Not maybe not a favorite, but pretty good. East one is the one to avoid unless you really want an East education, and it's the last one that on the you know on your list in your Steam ga- in your Steam library that you haven't played yet. When I was younger, I feel like like East Book one and two um, for like the Turbo Graphics sixteen was like one of those like legendary games for like a console that no one ever owned. Um, and so it's interesting just to sort of hear you say it's not very good. Uh, not that I don't believe you, obviously. Like, I'm just it's interesting as to why that other people would have said it was good. I don't know. It's um th- those were remakes of the original of uh, East One and Two. I think I'm not sure if it was Turbo Graphics or M- MSX was the first way to play it. I, th- I think East One was '89, and that uh what that book one and two remake was early nineties, like 92, yeah. 93. I, I think the graphics was where you re- played the remake. So yeah. I and, I, and, and yeah. the modern remakes for uh PC or PSP, which were early two thousands are based on that turbo graphics version. Cause I, I know that, um, yeah. Oh shoot. P- part of the final dungeon of East one, uh, was cut from the original version, but I think loaded back in, in the book one and two version, because it has a, uh, it has a Yuzo Koshiro song. That's like my favorite East, uh, East one or two song on, on the, in the book one and two version. Um, like East was always a niche series that was always sort of a that was like sort of indie or hipster to enjoy it even yeah, e- yeah. E- even decades ago. Um, and and my and the first time I heard about it was in the context of oh it's it's mostly Japan only oh you probably haven't heard of it oh the music's amazing, but uh, if I unwisely decided to make my first East game uh, Wanderers from East the uh, the 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 terrible SNES version of the not very good East three. <laughs> There's all the two of the series, right? Yeah, yeah, that that's very fair, especially since it's a it's two D action um, instead of a yeah. top down action. But the oh. but again, um, and that game is probably worse than East One. But I, but I sort of consider the definitive East Three to be Oath of Felgana, which is which is great. So like, but in the modern context of East, where uh, Falcom sort sort of is uniting the storyline and connecting it in a meaningful way, they've they've been. Like like East was made by multiple game companies and and some really confusing things. Like there, there's I think three versions of East Four uh, that were all made by different groups uh, and only like and not all of them were Falcom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but from the East One remakes in the 2000s onward, they have been they have been sort of like uniting the East story and trying to have it fit together in a sensible way from the again the early from the East remakes in the 2000s onwards. And so that's what I sort of consider the real East timeline to be. And in that timeline, East 1 is the bad one. In If you get into the old games, I mean, oh boy, there's the... Uh, 
uh, East 4 Mask of the Sun. There's the side-scrolling East 3 that nobody likes. Uh, maybe maybe the NES version of East 1, which isn't great. But in the modern context, I think East 1 is the worst one. And if you want to get into East, uh, play one of the highly regarded ones. Play like uh, Felgana or Origin or, or 7 or maybe even 8 or maybe even 9, which comes out in Japan later this year. Play 1 and 2 together and only if you... Uh, want to be educated on East and not actually want and not because they're great games. Two is way better than, than one though. So yeah. Duly noted. Yeah. yeah I think East two, one is bad. Yeah, two follows exactly after one. At the end of East One you fall off a tower and in the beginning of East Two a girl finds an unconscious adult at her in her house. <laughs> so weirdly enough, um speaking of East and things not being good enough to go into wasn't there, like, way back when, uh, it's supposed to be, like, an animated feature or something based on East? Does anybody know anything about rumors of that way back when? I think it was supposed to be, like, a John Bluth film or something. You mean Don Bluth, not John Sorry, Bluth. Don Bluth, thank you. Yeah, it was, um, it was supposed uh, to be a Don Bluth film or something. Uh, I do not know anything about that. Um, I know that uh, uh, Don Bluth was an extremely important animator. He did uh, Land Before Time and American Tale and, uh, yep. I think, Secret of Nim. He's, he's... And... Uh, Dragon's Lair and all that stuff too was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or... He, he he did the animated parts of the Dragon's Space Lair. Age. Yeah, uh, Dragon's Lair RP, um, arcade game. That's true. That is true. And uh, I, I think Anastasia was his last big movie before he basically had to retire. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, I'm not aware of him doing a nice game, uh, a nice movie. But he's a very important animator in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Well, I had um, one of my mom's old boyfriends was an artist and animator, and at some point I inherited from him a binder that just had all these like spec drawings, like character designs and different angles and um, uh, like frame by frame shots and stuff like that all like kind of laid out this humongous like manifest. And on the side of it, I didn't understand for the longest time. I think until I started like listening to RPG fan podcasts and talking to Derek and it said East um, Bible on the side of it. And that kind of led me to like trying to search about it. And then I, yeah, something about it, I found that there may have been an animation project and this may have been like part of what this project was and had been canceled and he maybe had worked on it at some point or not. Anyways, it's really weird. I was just I curious have, if anybody else I knew have, anything about it. I have no earthly idea about it. And the cursory Google search is reek is autocorrecting East to be U S. <laughs> so that's uh that's not very helpful. Um, it's a good sign. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it was. It's mystified me for years. I think I finally purged it from my collection of stuff because I was holding on to it just to like if someone a signif- found East significant to them. But I, I have no yeah, idea. You could be imagining it, but uh, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know if that's a. I don't know anything about a Don Bluth East project. Right. Yeah, it's the only thing I found when like some cursory Google search way back when, and nothing else that he may have been related. I have no idea. The, the timing well, of it went maybe, about right. Maybe you were right from the beginning, and it was someone named John Bluth working on an East it's animated very project. True. <laughs> his lesser-known younger brother who died, and his no one knows because he never got to see his project fulfilled. Anyhow, sorry for digressing. So right, uh, East One probably the worst East game. I haven't played all the Japan only ones, so I don't know if uh, East Five Lost City of Kefin in the Sand is any good or not. <laughs> But uh, let's move on a little bit. Uh, Peter, what's the third game on your list? Um, I put the Zelda series on my list. Ah, um, yes. This is the thing. Yeah, that, that, that lesser-known uh, East Mimic, Zelda. Yeah, right? Totally ripped, ripped, rip-off of Adolf. <laughs> I can't believe how they bring, like, completely ripped like Dark Cloud to make that game. The thing about the mainline Zelda games is that there aren't really any bad ones. I mean, there are weak ones, 
there are we can argue semantics about 2D and 3D Zelda till the cows come home. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's only one Zelda game or two Zelda games or three Zelda games that have basically deep sixed an entire console. And those are the Phillips CDI trilogy. Yes. Yes. Those those do not those do not count. They are not RPGs, and we are not discussing those here. Come on, man. I can hear the mirth in your voice, yeah. though. <laughs> uh, um, I'm, I Zelda mean, Zelda Two is not a terrible game, but it is not a Zelda game. I mm, I don't know. I, I would I I think Zelda Two isn't bad for what it was. It, yeah. Uh, it it, it it reminds me of Castlevania too, in that it has it adds RPG elements that are mostly interesting, and even if the gameplay doesn't really live up to the games before or after, um, I, I don't think it's busted. I, I would I would be more inclined to target Spirit Tracks or Four Swords. I was going to bring that up too. Or, yeah. or, or Four Swords Adventures if, if yeah. we're discussing a wor- the worst Zelda game. But I but I I, I mean I don't have. Yeah, any, I Yes, ones quite a bit, honestly. I, mean, I don't have. I don't have a lot of problem. I don't have a lot of love for Zelda Two. I definitely never finished it. Um, I think I probably beat maybe the first two temples, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I finished it. It's real hard, but it actually like it starts a lot of things. Uh, no, uh, Zelda Two. Sorry. Um, it, it, it. I feel like. It, oh, okay. It, it it feels Zelda to me. I mean, you're still you know getting heart containers and things like that. No, sure, the leveling is different, but other than that. Um, it, it certainly, um, has its Zelda-ish elements. Yeah, I confess I haven't given it the college try, but I have been wanting to. I only rented Zelda 2, and uh, again, I did not, uh, it, it, I did found it very hard, and I did not, uh, I did not get terribly far, but, um... I decided to torture myself with it again a couple months ago and just abuse save states, and that allowed me to get through it. I feel like that's probably the only way I'd manage it these days, too. Yep. I, mean, I think I, I'm with Soloki on Spirit Tracks. I think I have Zelda 2 on the NES Classic, so I'd, I'd, I'd maybe reach right there. But yeah, like mm-hmm. Spirit Tracks was the one I found really disappointing because I love that style of Zelda game. I, I, love, the yeah. two, I love the 2D handheld Zeldas and have beaten all of the other ones. And I end up, and Phantom Hourglass, I think, has strengths and weaknesses. Is it's 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 good. It's I'm, I'm not. I don't want to throw shade on that one. But like Spirit Tracks was in the tradition of Phantom Hourglass, and it was probably built in the same engine. I think. It, I believe yeah, so. Yeah. But, but and it looked time. great. It was Toon Link. He's back again. I like that guy. The only good. To, the only really good Toon Link is is Wind Waker Toon Link. It's true. <laughs> but the uh, but. I mean, both the train stuff and the dungeon design and the and the world map design just was not great in in Spirit Tracks. Yeah, the trains, well, a fun gimmick. They were just a gimmick and made it really clunky to try and get around. And mm. I thought it was neat, like the being able to interact with Zelda and having her kind of on the adventure for the first time, sort of. But uh, the the character like- design of like the locomos and stuff like that just took me right out. I was just like, really? So a race of people called the locomos, like. Get out of here, Nintendo. And that guy who's very obviously the bad guy, come on. Yeah, at least they didn't take long to they didn't take long to reveal that one. No, I like, true. I liked partnering up with Zelda and I like the dungeon design in Spirit Tracks broadly. I think it iterated on some of Phantom Hourglass's ideas in interesting ways, especially in terms of the Tower of Spirits versus the, the Temple, Temple of the Ocean King. King. Oh god, I hate the Temple of the Ocean King. Oh just mm. yeah. That can die in a fire, but otherwise... I, enjoy, I enjoy both of the DS Zelda games. I, I don't. I think they're like the best seven out of tens I've ever played. Probably. I think. Yeah. I, I think like Phantom Hourglass is. <laughs> I think like Phantom Hourglass is flawed, and Spirit Tracks is worse than flawed. 
Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't know if that makes it worse than Zelda 2 or not, because I definitely played Spirit Tracks for more than Zelda 2. Um, I en- uh, Moving on to another Zelda game, too, I enjoyed Skyward Sword a lot. Oh, right. Um, I'm right there with you. But it's Skyward Sword, but Skyward yeah. Sword's control scheme will make or break that game for you. I didn't mind it. I, I, I had no it. issue with it myself. I, I, it started grading on me near the end. Around the same time, you have to start like backtracking a whole lot. Then it was yeah. like, okay, this game's spinning its wheels. But the final yeah. boss fight in, the, in that game makes up for just about everything. So when when we were discussing that game at some length during the Zelda episodes in April of 2018, um, I think Steph and Nathan were both talking about Skyward Sword, like saying, you know, this is good and this is good. But then they would have to apologize for it. <laughs> it was it was it was such yeah. a weird look. Like uh, it's it probably um, the weakest 3D Zelda game. The, the dungeons are good though. The dungeons are great. Like yeah, yeah the, the the what is it? The ancient cistern. Yeah. Oh man, that dungeon is so cool. Super fun. Yeah. And that fight against the the orb thing was such a pain, but also neat, uh, where it like rolls down the the ramp at you and stuff. Yeah, the it just sticks out of my brain. The, the 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 one where you have to like shift the time on the like pirate ship. Yeah, that was a, a neat dungeon for sure. I like the painterly like art style. I think Skyward. Uh, I think um, Breath of the Wild is a better version of it, but I, it's still a pretty yeah. good look for the game. Yeah, the very like the, it's like impressionist art. Yeah, made real. It was yeah, it's stunning as far as style goes. Like that thing. I I don't think it could ever be. Um, put down for that for sure yeah that skyward sword's a game i'd be willing to go back to at some point whereas the ds ones i'd like okay i played them i thought they were okay i would i probably won't revisit them ever but yeah it doesn't hang with uh spirit tracks or zelda 2 for title of worst no wanda gamelon and the rest are just all out there in the ether like we happened for some reason Those, and I, no one wants to accept them. <laughs> yeah, I, I truly do not think those those count. It, at a larger discussion of the Zelda games. Um, well, excuse me, Salosi. And the animated series is about as canon as the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. <laughs> don't, don't you go dissing the Super Mario Brothers Super Shows, son. <laughs> Take one step from side to side. I am going to cut this from the pod. Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, Zelda, uh, Zelda Two, Spirit Tracks, and Skyward Sword are three, okay. three different, very three very different flavors of Zelda that are all probably among the worst of Zelda. Yeah, but we're getting Breath of the Wild Two, ladies and gentlemen, and that makes me both very excited and very nervous. <laughs> I wonder what the, what they're officially going to title that thing. Maybe it'll be Breath of the World, so we can confuse it just like everyone's confusing Outer Wilds and Outer Worlds. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Tri- trials of mana, trails of cold steel. Yeah. Yes. Good lord. I'm gonna. I am going to misspeak. Trails versus trials for the entire summer. It is 100 percent happening. <laughs> yeah. happening. Trails of cold mana. Mm-hmm. If I was able to spell Utaware Rumono correctly, y'all can figure this out. <laughs> yeah. You, you. Yeah. You poor bastards on the uh, on the news site probably have had to do an update of those games a couple times a month. And oh yeah. Yeah. You know it's a bad sign when your computer has to like has to learn those words. <laughs> I have I have, I have so many auto corrected um auto corrected JRPG titles in my history. You have no idea. I I have some idea, but 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 uh, definitely yeah. not definitely not to the level that you have. Um, yeah. So okay, that's uh that's enough Zelda discussion for this phase of the podcast. Uh, Greg, what's your third game series to discuss? 
Uh, again, like I know there's stuff out there. You know, Pokemon probably has a few bad children. Um, there's likely something in the Trails stuff. But I just I haven't played enough of the JRPGs, uh, and uh, everything else is stuff we've already brought up. And now I was racking my brain. I know Mass Effect and is bad, but I haven't played it. But what I have done is played Fallout Tactics, um, and you know Fallout has had a great history where it started off. People are up and down on three. Same with four. Uh, we'll get into seventy six. But Fallout Tactics for me was probably one of the earliest ones that looks like 1 and 2, which are still kind of the golden age of that series, but was such a weird departure that it really didn't land very well. I remember I didn't mind it because I was super into stuff like um, XCOM, and it was basically that, just with Fallout flavor. But that's basically where it ended with as far as the Fallout stuff goes, so it kind of lost what was great about Fallout 1 and 2 of exploring this wasteland and just doing whatever you wanted and in, in so many ways, having the world as your oyster <laughs> as much of it was available and making these broad sweeping choices that had so much uh, weight to them. And then when you get to follow tactics, it's just this linear mission based tactical RPG and the tactical stuff was kind of neat. It was mostly well-realized. It's no, it's can... no disguise. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it's, it's not, I didn't have to go into my, semi-automatic machine gun and level it up by grinding through a hundred floors of it. But uh, <laughs> that being said, it um, you could play it. Yeah. Well, if you wanted to do it like RTS or you could do it turn-based. So it felt a little more fallouty and take it as you will. But like, it just had like some lousy, like driving mechanics when you got this Jeep thing, uh, stuff didn't always work out with the, uh, with how to aim and get your party kind of organized, especially if you're playing it in like uh, real time, it got really difficult to try and click on the specific thing you wanted them to target. So it just kind of got really messy really quick. If you weren't careful, I think I played it turn-based just because I liked having the opportunity to think it out. And that's the other thing too, is there wasn't a lot of tactics to it really. Like once you had your tactic, it was pretty much that. Like I think seem to remember I had the doctor, who was really good at doctoring and really good at shotguns. And my strategy was basically get him into people's faces by sneaking up on them. And then oh, so it's blew so the it's, crap out of them. So it's Final Fantasy Tactics. It's sort of, exactly. <laughs> you know, once you have a strategy, you just kind of run with it. And uh, just a different flavor. So eh, I still had fun with it, but it wasn't Fallout. So while it wasn't a bad game, so to speak, it really it wasn't a great Fallout I, I don't know a lot about Fallout Tactics. I've, the only ones I've uh, played at length at all are 2 and 3, and I, uh, I I liked both of them and didn't really finish either of them. But I'm a little bit amazed we are having a discussion of the worst Fallout oh. game and not mentioning Fallout 76. Oh, I'm just, for it. I just haven't played it. <laughs> yeah, like it's it, I mean, that's pretty universally reviled, and a, a big yeah. part of their E3 presentation on Fallout 76 was, we're adding NPC characters, right. which is... <laughs> it, which is you mean there weren't NPC characters? Yeah, right? Todd, Todd Howard coming up and running uh, running interference on Fallout 76 made up a good chunk of Bethesda's E3 conference. I, it was I mean, great, I, though, that he admitted it. So it was like, we, we know what this is. is. Well, because he basically admitted that they knew going in it was not finished and released it anyway. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, Fallout 76 leans into everything that was bad about Fallout and, like, excises everything that's good about it. So it, like, leans into the shooting mechanics. The shooting mechanics are real bad. And especially without VATS, it makes it a lot 
worse. No NPCs, no real storytelling, like a totally empty world. I spent four hours with Fallout 76. And that's four more hours than I ever wanted to spend with it. It didn't work at all. This is bugs aside. I mean, they're like, even the bugs, even if you fix all the bugs, it's just hollow and empty and bad. This is going to sound like a really weird comparison, but Fallout 76 versus the original Fallout reminds me of comparing Game of Thrones to A Song of Ice and Fire. Um, in that, like, just the absolute thematic mutilation of what the source right. was actually about. Um, in so, no social me, commentary anymore, yeah. Yeah, at this, after a certain point, you have diluted what the series was, and it's become a parody of itself. Like, uh, in A Song of Ice and Fire, you take, like, these themes of, like, the horrors of war and how violence affects the common people, and you barely pay them any lip service. And then in... um. In Fallout 76, you take a series that was about like this bleak look at America, Amer- the emptiness of American culture and the face of nuclear annihilation, and you make a multiplayer shooter where you can nuke your friends. Like, nuke the servers offline. It is yeah. the opposite of what Fallout should be. As yeah. a uh, as a resident of the D.C. area, I was really interested to see how uh, Fallout 3 would p- portray the D.C. area. And I, I played it a few years after it came out, and I was uh, um, pretty impressed with it. And I was especially tickled that they took my literal hometown in Virginia and made it a cannibal town. Um, <laughs> but uh, Fallout 76 doesn't even have any NPCs to populate a cannibal town. Right. So, I, who, I mean... Who are I they going to eat? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean I, I, maybe there's food in Fallout 76. I don't, I don't know enough about the game to there comment is. on it. On a lot of survival than... elements, unfortunately. Sure, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, I know the common consensus basically, but that's about it. Uh, yeah. So, Fallout. If you want to get into Fallout, maybe don't play Tactics or 76. <laughs> play one of the yeah. ones that have a number besides 76. Stick to the main line. Or New Vegas. Or New Vegas, yeah. A lot yeah, of, a bugs lot and of, all. That one's apparently still very good. Yeah, a lot of yeah. uh, good writing in New Vegas. Um, fans yeah. of Obsidian are, are fans of New Vegas, and uh, it, when um, people demo the Outer Worlds, most people compare it to New Vegas. Is the uh, is at least the comparison I hear yeah. the most. Obsidian was yeah. able to build their marketing campaign around. We made Fallout, the good ones, right? <laughs> and uh, honestly, I have been impressed with what I've seen of uh, the Outer Worlds. I'm I'm I, I play like a Western RPG once every three years, and I might make that one my. Uh, <laughs> my pretty, it's looking neat. I might play that one in 2020. We'll see. It's it's uh, been at least three years since I got super super deep into uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> It'll be Cyberpunk for me. Well, that being said, about tactics though, if you do I want one of the Fallout it, games man. that you can play as the Deathclaw, that's the one. Mm, there's a Deathclaw mount in Final Fantasy 14. That's enough for me. Is there? <laughs> There is, yeah. Um, uh, Death claws are those. Uh, uh, there were monsters oh, in in Final Fantasy V and Final Fantasy VI, and uh, so so they're 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 mag- they're Magitek enemies, and you can use one of them as a mount in fourteen. Those things were horrifying in Final Fantasy VII with all their arms and stuff. Very different from the Fallout ones, that's for sure. Okay, yeah, the Death claws and Fallout those are like mutant uh, insects or something, right? Uh, yeah, they're like giant raptor, bony looking, like if a a bull and a Raptor had very. Oh, okay, no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of something else. I, I thought they were like uh, they were like praying mantises. I'm thinking of a different game. I think it's like um, a Balrog without any fire. Oh wow! So Fallout is an adaptation of the Song of Roland. That's interesting. <laughs> um, in, in, 50, in fifteen, Death Claws are giant mechanical insects that shoot laser beams. So <laughs> winner by default, I guess. Yeah, they're, they're basically mechanical hands in uh, in five and fourteen. 
But uh, if we're talking about Final Fantasy, then I think we're definitely done with our Fallout discussion. Um, f- yep. fall- Fallout Fantasy Tactics. So <laughs> that's a game I'd be more interested in. We're going to stay in the world of tactics flavored things and talk about Fire Emblem. Um, we did a Peter. You and I were on a whole Fire Emblem episode uh, a little less than a year ago. Yeah. And um, and we discussed a lot of the series. Um, this may surprise people. I don't think Fates is the worst Fire Emblem game. Wasn't that supposed to be? Uh, that's the one I thought I wanted to jump in on until I heard it was awful. A lot of people. There's a lot of people who love Fates. Um, and I do lot... not love Fates, but I think that there is a, a a recent Fire Emblem game that is that's worse than it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be coy and dance around before I get there. Uh, I started Fates. playing Fire Emblem with the GBA uh, the GBA game that came out in North America, which is Fire Emblem Seven or Fire Emblem Blazing Sword. Then I looked around and played some of the Japanese ones that I could find bootleg translations of, like. Uh, Fire Emblem 4 and 6, which are uh, um, Generations of the Holy War and and Sword of Seals. Both of them I liked a lot. Uh, I, I tried playing some of the other older Japanese ones, but their translations were either incomplete or they were really, really clunky. But then, but um, from the GBA onward, I, was play, I would play basically every new one that came out. And the one that I thought was probably the worst one I've played is the DS one, Shadow Dragon. It's a little weird to explain. Explaining Fire Emblem takes paragraphs, but I'll do my best. Um, Fire Emblem 3 was a SNES game, and the first half of Fire Emblem 3 is a remake of 1, and the second half is a continuation of the story from 1. So fast forward 15 years or so, and they come out with a couple with two Fire Emblem games on the DS. And those two DS Fire Emblem games are the first and second half of Fire Emblem 3. But we only got the first one in North America. That's Shadow Dragon. So Shadow Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon is the first half of Fire Emblem 3, which is basically a remake of Fire Emblem 1. So Marth is the main character. You get the three Pegasus sisters. Uh, you get uh, Nabarl and uh, and Og- and uh, and Jagan and all those and all those good people. But the thing that I thought was frustrating about Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon was. Um, it, it it has permadeath in it, like like uh, many Fire Emblem games do. Once a character dies, they're they're gone for good. But there's also the, uh, the way I play Fire Emblem games is that I really really try to have everyone survive and pull off tactics and strategies that that if someone dies, I'll even restart the mission sometimes. Which is I, I mean not maybe not the right way to play it, but as a, a a way a lot of people play it. And in Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon. There are certain chapters and certain characters that you don't even meet unless you let characters die. Like, they're, they're, uh, and Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon sort of wants players to let characters die in order for the the narrative to shape, and that is completely infuriating to me. Like, I don't want I, I like I, I want to save my team and and fight with as many people surviving as I can. And I have played Fire Emblem games where I. Uh, where characters die in a late chapter, but I keep pressing on because that's the best I'd ever done in that chapter before. That happened. Yeah. A, that happened a couple times uh, when I um, played a uh, Japanese a translation of uh, the Fire Emblem Six, the one that stars Roy. I, I I even still feel bad about one character dying, and from my first playthrough of that. But sort of watching your characters die to get more of the story when that isn't an option in any other Fire Emblem game is tanked Shadow Dragon for me. When I got several chapters in, probably around 10 chapters in, and then started reading about, like, reading guides, oh, uh, how do I do this, how do I do that, like, I, I was just searching for information on the game, and realized that I, realizing that I had already missed some characters, and looking at the, the, how the death mechanic works in Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon, I just hated it. 
So I, I stopped playing and never looked back. I ended up um, giving that copy, uh, my copy of Shadow Dragon to a friend. Uh, so yeah, that's my pick. Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon is the worst Fire Emblem game. Um, I, I haven't played every single Fire Emblem game, so I'm sure uh, listeners will disagree with me. Or there's probably some Shadow Dragon lovers out there, but as much as I disliked the tone of Fates and the exploitative nature of Fates, how it tried to recreate the uh, parts of Awakening, but did so in such a ham-fisted way that it, it I think, takes away from the game. Like, uh, There's things I dislike about Fates and some of the Jap- Japan-only ones, and I think that Sacred Stones is really underwhelming, especially since it's sandwiched by Fire Emblem 7 and Path of Radiance, which are like my two favorite Fire Emblem games. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Shadow Dragon's my pick. Shadow Dragon also looks like complete butt, which even for a DS title yeah. is aesthetically pleasing. How weird is it that the GBA games look better than the DS game? Yeah, they went for this, like, these are, I don't know what art style they were going for, but it is uggo. Yeah, I didn't I didn't play much of Shadow Dragon. I played Sacred Stones. That was actually my first um, exposure to the Fire Emblem series because a friend of mine gave me his copy. And I thought it was a good, a good I didn't really have anything to compare it to at the time, it's, so I thought it was pretty good. It's, 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 a, it's pretty good. It's all right. It's, um, I, I think it's a little bit of a letdown compared to the heights of the other GBA Fire Emblem games. And it's a... Uh, like it has fewer characters but more customization options which but I, but I kind of love having a giant army of weirdos in fire emblem so it uh like, like i i think that's maybe average or below average but i i, I don't i don't know i don't want to complain too much about sacred stones cuz i do genuinely like it i i liked awakening a lot and then fate when fate was coming out i was really gung ho for it until like it came out and then i was like aside from just the pricing structure of that game being really sh- kind of crappy like you have to buy basically buy the game three times in order to get the whole story i was so terrible i was so excited for fates and very very let down by it yeah, the story is terrible um no matter what doesn't matter what side you pick like the the there is a there's a correct third path that is like it's wretched but it's like and, and the story makes no sense the way they ham fist in like the child mechanics from awakening is just like Again, it's completely forced. Doesn't make any sense. The the, the wife, the, 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 yeah. The, the child mechanics in uh, Generations of the Holy War and in Awakening are super satisfying, and made me want to my entire army to hook up with each other. Like I was, I was playing. Uh, I was like Emma Woodhouse. I was, I was matchmaking so <laughs> so hardcore in those games. The, the, now, the, Jane Austen is probably not a reference you're expecting in this podcast, but um, <laughs> but the like. like the way they in- incorporate the children mechanic into Fates is so forced. It, it, it was like, oh yeah, we know that uh, Awakening players love their uh, love the matchmaking and love the children mechanic, so we're going to bring it back, except have it make no sense in context. Yeah, it's like I had I I had like a child char- a bunch of child characters before I was even on like the fourth or fifth chapter of the main story because like birthright let you do some side battles and it would build my affinity it's it so just, weird it just broke it broke my immersion you know i was like yeah this is just dumb like what am i doing here in generations um, of the holy war you play as one generation in part one and then as their children and some aged versions of gen one characters in gen two and that yeah. and, th- and that makes sense and depending on how on how you, how you pair the characters together in gen one their children in gen two will have different stats and properties and, and weapons mm-hmm. that that that's cool and then in awakening you have this uh this terminator Time thing <laughs> yeah where uh you, the children of characters in that you hook up in gen one come back from a dystopian future to try and change the past which is kind of hilarious and kind of works but, what? In, but yeah but in in, in fates <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all like they knew that it was popular in awakening and 
and they just they uh, just create a, a hyperbolic time chamber, Dragon Ball Z style, where you can <laughs> fast age babies that you make in the middle of the game. <laughs> yeah, so that way they can join into your party. Yes, exactly. Like uh, it, like it, it was it was a sensible story thing in uh, in Holy War, and then it was insane but kind of great in Awakening, and then it was just insane and not kind of great in. In fates. They double down on it too. There's like they a whole really bunch do. It's about the children. If and anything, if anything, they expand on the children's stuff in fates. And it's like this is such a mistake. <laughs> uh, that's not even getting into how gross some of the like the the touchy feely mechanics are. Like yeah. a lot of cut from the English release, but like the fact, that, like oh yeah, blow into the microphone to blow steam off your wife's face, um, and stuff like that is like this, what is this doing here in this mm. tactic? strategy game and, and it's like it's not like we that we think that they are incapable of making a good fire emblem game like uh, like awakening was pretty recent that's a 3ds game and gaiden which is a remake of fire emblem 2 uh I, i'm sorry uh echoes which is a remake of gaiden which is the it second was also fire really game that, that game sort of is a bit of a return to the classic fire emblem style and people really really like echoes and i'm um, really hopeful for for three houses I yeah yeah three houses is not is uh, comes out fairly soon i think but uh um end of july yeah, but 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 looks really promising, and so it's not like we think that they've lost the plot on Fire Emblem. It was just that Fates was such a was so, was so tonally and storytelling, uh, from a tonal and storytelling uh, perspective, it was so so weird and uncomfortable. But again, I I think that the ugliness and clunkiness and uh, and frustrating structure of Shadow Dragon. I I think I I dislike Shadow Dragon more than I dislike Fates. Well, looking at Shadow Dragon as well, um, just with the uggoness of the map, it it actually looks like it would be great for a free to download Dungeons and Dragons hosting game. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, good! What a ringing endorsement! <laughs> right? That's uh, that's basically where I, what I see looking at that. Also, Marth has great legs. Mm-hmm. Marth has great legs. Marth is handsome in every single uh, in every single edition of Fire Emblem. But his legs in that Nintendo cover, though. <laughs> Fire Emblem One is extremely frustrating because uh, Marth is maybe the worst character in the game. His uh, like, how like, do they make the hero the worst? What? Because he well he can't class change and his stats stop growing after a certain point. And Marth be, starts out as an okay character, and then by the end of the game, it's like you're playing chess, where the king is the weakest p- piece, and a lot of the strategy is protecting the king because if he dies, oh, then no. it's game over. But I, I only played the first couple maps of Fire Emblem 1. The, the translation I found in the early, mid-2000s was incomplete, to say the least, so I couldn't get very far. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Shadow Dragon is my pick, worst pick for Fire Emblem, but we could go on and on about how disappointing Fates was. In fact, we have for multiple podcasts, haven't we, Peter? Yeah, pretty much. It's It, it comes up time and time again. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of nice things to say about it. Okay, so that's enough Fire Emblem discussion. Uh, Zach, I accidentally skipped you a little while ago. Uh, what that's is your okay. yeah? What is your third choice for a game for a game series to discuss? Well, it's a pretty short series, and I think the answer is really easy. Um, it's Mother, um, and the answer is Mother because um, Mother is, Two is this amazing. Is, this is the Earthbound. easiest. Yes. This is the easiest choice in this entire episode. <laughs> it is, mm. it is, because the other two are like masterpieces, and Mother One is not. Because um, what's interesting about it is that like it's still well written and it's still interesting. And it just feels like someone took Earthbound and like ran it through a cheese grater um, and took like everything that was good about the gameplay out of it and just left like the good writing and like really, really terrible gameplay. So like 
it's a total grind fest. And even if you grind um, like constantly in that game, you'll get one shot in the in the final dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the game mechanics, the menus are really, really, really wonky um, in a way that almost makes me think that they're like trying to make fun of early Dragon Quest. Yeah, Itoi e- e- was a Japanese essayist and copywriter. He was a, a known guy. Yeah. And, and when he came to Nintendo and wanted to make a game, they're like, absolutely, you're a celebrity writer. We would love for you to make a game. And so he had this a lot of interesting ideas and creativity, and I think he probably did want to send up or parody uh, video games or the RPG format in general. Yeah. With Mother One, but the thing is, like, like, like they just—he wasn't ready to make a game. There are parts of Mother One are just busted. Uh, 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 specifically thinking of a couple late game dungeons. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, the experience curve doesn't make any sense. The game is bad, and Earthbound and Mother Three are both excellent. So this is the easiest yeah. choice in this whole episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, I, I said it, it's frustrating to play because it has so many good ideas and so much cleverness and you can see the writing um, coming through, but man, it, it it's not fun. It's it, there's like an easy patch. I think that came out a few years ago. Um, and I've been wanting to test that out cause that might make it playable. Um, but like, it, even though there's no quality of life things like, you know, trans like even like getting like fast travel, like comes very late in the game and like, you have to like travel to someplace like really far away to get to it. It's, it's insane. Yeah. I, I stopped playing at the section of the game after Teddy joins in the, in the mountain. And okay, I, I, but, but, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I was, uh, well, that, that's, that's in the second half of the game, is it? isn't it? Yeah. Is it? Uh, Mount, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Mount Eastern, right? Yes. That's yeah. actually closer to the end now that I'm thinking about it. Okay, yeah. And yeah. I, I know it was, I don't know how close it is to the end, but it's definitely the second half. And, yeah, uh, and basically I, I just, yeah. I just kept dying in single encounters over and over. So I looked up how the hell do I get through this part of the game? And they said, and like the guide even said, Oh, grinding won't really matter. Uh, you maybe right. you should run away from some battles. I'm like, I'm like, what on earth? Uh, but uh, is so, like yeah. a skill that allows you to run away from all the battles at some point. At that point, like you can spend like PP to do it. I yes, think. there is a yeah. there is an, a, a system of escaping from battles that you can exploit a little bit. I don't remember it well enough because yeah. this was over ten years yeah. ago. I tried this, but uh, right. Mother One's not good. Like uh, like uh, <laughs> like the, the uh, Shigesato Itoi is clearly uh, like very smart and imaginative. But um, they were not ready to make a game when they made Mother One. It's not good. Yeah. Um, Earthbound and Mother Three can definitely be enjoyed without playing Mother One. So don't feel like, don't try to play that for some feeling of needing to complete the series. But yeah, again, extremely obvious choice here. Two great games yep. and one bad game. Yep, I agree. Now, does it look that bad just because we've got Mother Two first? And then going back, it just it's clunky. By I, I think like, that's we'll a possibility. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a possibility. I mean, I, I certainly would have been more forgiving of it when you know when it came out. I'm sure, um, but yeah, I, I think that you you can see all like the interesting and engaging ideas in Earthbound, but like in a game, it's actually fun to play. Like even if you compare Mother to its peers, which would be, I mean, for games you've already discussed in this episode, would be the uh, Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest games in the NES, like. All of them are better than Mother One. Like, like Mo- Mother One starts out sort of like a normal Dragon Quest clone, and then becomes a broken Dragon Quest clone in the second half. Yeah. And and I I I, I don't recommend it to people. Maybe if there's an easy mode patch, that would be better because then you could see the cool story ideas in the second half of the game. But yeah. I like I I don't recommend this game. It's 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 worse than Persona One, which is a, a, a dark place indeed. <laughs> 
Yeah, I have it to play it. Maybe I'll play it. Uh, no one's selling me on it. Maybe don't play it. Maybe play literally any East or Persona game instead. Because <laughs> you I'm mentioned even East one. Only so much like days in your life. Mother One is probably my least favorite game of any one of the ones we've discussed in this episode. I, I really, oh, I man. really, I really don't think it's good. But uh, yeah, I, I was think... going to say, what's the worst? What the worst here? Oh, worst of the worst. I, I would pick Mother One. I think. Um, I'm. But I haven't played the Fable, Fallout, Suikoden, or Kingdom Hearts games that we've discussed. I've heard Recode is pretty bad. And honestly, you can yeah, uh, pretty much anything we talked about in this episode, you can just skip it. Yep, I basically agree. Uh, let's uh, and let's go through those games a little bit before we go into housekeeping. Um, from Peter, we decided uh, either Chain of Memories or Coded are the worst Kingdom Hearts games. Final Fantasy II is the worst Final Fantasy game, and either Zelda II Spirit Tracks or Skyward Sword is the worst Zelda game. On Zach's selection, we decided Dragon Quest II is the worst Dragon Quest game. Suikoden Four is the worst Suikoden game, and the original Mother is the worst Mother slash Earthbound game. And on uh, from Greg's selections. A huge three-way tie between Children, Heroes, and Dawn of Mana are the worst of the Mana games. Uh, Fable 3 is the worst Fable game, and Fallout Tactics is the worst Fallout game. And from the three series I discussed, Persona 1 is the worst Persona game, East 1 is the worst East game, and Shadow Dragon is the worst Fire Emblem game. I, I just hate the the first games in each of my series. It's so weird. Apparently, yeah. I, I do not give any passes at all for being the originator. Uh, unless yeah. it's unless it's Dragon Quest, <laughs> I should say though my my favorite of my first th- of the three I picked probably East One like it's only four hours, uh, even though uh, Dark Fact is one of my least favorite final bosses in of, in my memory. Um, <laughs> Peter of the of the least favorites in your three choices, what do you think is your favorite? <laughs> What's the least bad? Uh, of the bad? I, I would I would I would never play recoded again um i I like chain of memories um skyward sword is probably the least bad i would say all right and zach what's the least bad of your bads i actually kind of like suikoden 4 so i guess that one yeah and greg least bad of the bad it's a toss-up between fallout tactics and children of mana i mean fallout tactics is a fun departure and it's not terrible and children of mana is just something different it's just yeah all right. Well, that's definitely enough uh, wallowing in negativity for one episode. Uh, th- <laughs> uh, listeners, thanks so much for suffering through us for over 90 minutes. Um, there will be a lot less suffering in the next few weeks of Retro Encounter. We are have a special summer break episode coming later in July and two episodes on Trials of Mana. Uh, one of my favorite games of all time recently had an official English language release, so I immediately changed Retro Encounters' plans to talk about it in some episodes. Um, Preview, I, I, it's really good. Yeah, I, I love that <laughs> game, and uh, I'm, we haven't recorded the episodes yet, but I'm really excited to talk about it uh, in the next couple episodes. And I think we can announce this now. Um, coming in August, we are going to have The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel... Uh, our first Legend of Heroes discussion in over three years since we did a, an episode on uh, Trails in the Sky second chapter in, oh shoot, 2015 or 2016. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, dipping our toes into the Falcom waters again for that. Uh, but those episodes are going are to be two episodes coming in August. 
and listeners, if you want to reach out to uh, the podcast, the best way to do so is email retro at rpgfan.com. You can also comment on our message boards, visit Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, Discord, Twitch. Uh, all of those are linked from the main page, rpgfan.com, and we have something new every day. We also have two other fine podcasts, uh, Random Encounter, which is hosted by you, Greg. Yeah, that's me. And Rhythm Encounter, which is hosted by To Be Determined. <laughs> um, Rhythm Encounter is on hiatus but there are plans to bring it back I cannot say when or how or who but uh, we're, we know listeners we know we'll try but if you want to um, give feedback for any of our fine podcasts you can review us on iTunes or however you are listening to us please uh, do so we love all the feedback that we can stand uh, so before we close out let's see let's uh, reach out to listeners more directly uh, Peter how can listeners reach out to you uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me at I Have Fury on Twitter. Um, you can also find me Peter T at RPGFan.com. All right, Greg, your turn. Uh, I'm pretty much at Greg Delmage anywhere you can track me down, and I believe I'm G Delmage on our Discord. And Zach, your turn. Uh, you can email me at ZachW at RPGFan.com, and you can also get me at disc on Discord at ZachW. And listeners, if you want to reach out to me directly, I am at the Real Monsoon on Twitter most of the time. At Evoker for Dogs, other times that's a Persona Three reference, Greg. And uh, Monsoon Mike on Discord and Monsoon on RPG Fans forums. I feel like I need to like watch the scene or something just so I can finally know what that means. Evokers are a Persona Three thing, and when you get a, a meet a dog, you give him an Evoker for Dogs. Oh. <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Persona 3, not the worst Persona game, which we have mathematically determined earlier this episode. Listeners, thank you, good night, and good luck.